Welcome to day 141 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul Camp here with uh, Katie Kresge and Matt Kresge. And we're finishing up Paul's letter, second letter to the Corinthians. Uh, the Corinthians are Paul's troubled church. Um, from the beginning, they've struggled. Uh, they've been back and forth between Paul. Some of it's been very uneasy. Um, there's even been a painful visit. There's even a painful letter that fits between 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. And so Paul is finally in the last part of 2 Corinthians, although the tenor of the letter for the most part has been one of reconciliation. The last part of 2 Corinthians, he's finally taking on his opponent. So he says, okay, I'm going to do something I shouldn't do. I'm out of my mind for doing it, but I'm going to compare myself to them. Mm -hmm. And so we left on Friday where Paul was comparing his suffering to their suffering, his dedication to the gospel to their dedication to the gospel. When we come to chapter 12, he pulls out his uh, Trump card, you might say, <laughs> uh, and I don't know if I should say that so soon after the election, yeah. but he, um, he talks about his spiritual experience, you know, how God revealed himself to him and, uh, and how God has you know, continued to sustain him. So as we finish up the letter of 2 Corinthians today, we find information about Paul we have nowhere else, but it's quite astonishing uh, how Christ revealed himself to Paul. And the depth of his experience, which for the most part, Paul doesn't want to talk about, mm -hmm. but he does in this one particular instance. So before we read uh, 2 Corinthians 12 and 13, let's uh, offer ourselves in the moment to the Lord, as we always do. Matt, can you, can you yeah. lead us? Father, we thank you for this time together. Thank you that you are good, you're holy, um, you're loving, and, and Father, you are... Um, you have revealed yourself to us, both through your Son and, and through your Word. And, and as we open this, um, would you remind us that, that we have such a, a rich and deep grace in you, and, and that grace is sufficient. Um, thank you that you are with us. Thank you for the wisdom that you supply us as we read. And, and Father, as, as we um, spend time in your Word together, would you transform us? Uh, again, as we always do, thank you for the, the means that make this possible. Um, and, and God, would you continue to get much glory from our time together? That's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 12. I must go on boasting, although there is nothing to be gained. I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, but God knows, was caught up to paradise and heard inexpressible things, things that no one is permitted to tell. I'll boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself, except about my weaknesses. Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth, but I refrain so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say, or because of these surpassingly great revelations. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I've made a fool out of myself, but you drove me to it. I ought to have been commended by you, for I am not in the least inferior to the super apostles, even though I am nothing. I persevered in demonstrating among you the marks of a true disciple, including signs, wonders, and miracles. How were you inferior to other churches, except that I was never a burden to you? Forgive me this wrong. 
now I'm ready to visit you for a third time, and I will not be a burden to you, because what I want is not your possessions, but you. After all, children should not have to save up for their parents, but parents for their children. So I'll very gladly spend for you everything I have and expend myself as well. If I love you more, will you love me less? But that, as it be that as it may, I've not been a burden to you. Yet crafty fellow that I am, I caught you by trickery. Did I exploit you through any of the men that I sent you? I urged Titus to go to you, and I sent our brother with him. Titus did not exploit you, did he? Did we not walk in the same footsteps by the same spirit? Have you been thinking all along that we have been defending ourselves to you? We've been speaking in the sight of God as those in Christ, and everything we do, dear friends, is for your strengthening. For I'm afraid that when I come, I may not find you as I want you to be, and you may not find me as you want me to be. I fear that there may be discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorder. I'm afraid that when I come again, my God will humble me before you, and I'll be grieved over many who have sinned earlier and have not repented of the impurity, sexual sin, and debauchery in which they have indulged. This will be my third visit to you. Every matter must be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. I already gave you a warning when I was with you the second time. I now repeat it while absent. On my return, I will not spare those who sinned earlier or any of the others, since you are demanding proof that Christ is speaking through me. He is not weak in dealing with you, but is powerful among you. For to be sure, he was crucified in weakness, that he lives by God's power. Likewise, we are weak in him, yet by God's power we will live with him in our dealings with you. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test, and I trust that you will discover that we have not failed the test. Now we pray to God that you will not do anything wrong, not so that people will see that we have stood the test, but so that you will do what is right, even though we may seem to have failed. For we we cannot do anything against the truth, but only for the truth. We are glad whenever we are weak, but you are strong, and our prayer is that you may be fully restored. This is why I write these things when I'm absent, that when I come, I may not have to be harsh in my use of authority. The authority the Lord gave me for building you up, not tearing you down. Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All God's people here send their greetings. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. I was about to say nice ending. Uh, there's kind of it's kind of a mixed bag, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You see a lot of grace, but you also see a, a lot of warning. And of course, you see Paul, you know, pushed to the point where he, you know, talks about things he'd rather not talk about because the issue is not, you know, his spiritual experiences, but the issue is Christ, and the issue is is gospel. So there's several you know fun things, uh, you know, in these last two chapters of Second Corinthians. What are some of the things that uh, kind of jump off the page at you as you read this? I think, you know, just kind of joking a little bit, part of me is like, Paul, why are you just not telling us about this third heaven? Oh, yeah. You know, like, he could have written a book and made lots of money. Um, but I mean, all kidding aside, like, I, I love what Paul says, you know, I will, I will, I will boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself except about my weakness. And then he goes on to say, the reason I'll boast in my weakness is because God's power is made perfect in my weakness. You know, his grace is sufficient for, you know, for me. And, and I just wonder how much of my own life do I, do I try to hide my weaknesses or maybe even utilize certain gifts to cover my weaknesses mm-hmm. so that my power 
looks like it's on display yeah, as opposed to God's power yeah. being made perfect in my weakness. And, and so I, I love the heart I'm, of I'm Paul. glad you finally confessed that, Matt. Katie and I have been talking about that for a while. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. no, there, there's no doubt, you know, not only do we not, not only do we pray, you know, play to our strengths and hide our weaknesses. Paul's going one step further. He said, I, I'll boast about these mm-hmm. and I'll boast about difficulties and insults and persecutions and hardship. And, and of course, we, we don't do that. Whenever those kind of things even get close to happening to us, we kind of, you know, we kind of moan a little bit and, yeah. you know, grumble a little bit and have kind of a, you know, feel sorry, you know, kind of attitude. Yeah. But uh, Paul is saying, you know, this is where I have found God's strength manifest in my life and more than any other area, not in my, you know, not in my gifts, but in my inadequacies. And so, therefore, I will boast all the more about my inadequacies and my hardships. Yeah. And that's crazy. I mean, we need to we need to be reminded of this so often, like so often, mm-hmm. and that's why I mean that's one of the reasons why I need to come back to scripture constantly, and why we don't just read a book and never come back to it. Like we need to be reminded of these things. It's new to me every time yeah. I come back. No, to there's it. there's no doubt. One of my friends, you know, likes to say I need to be completely recalibrated every you know, 24 hours through the word Uh, to see it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, to see it again, to read it again, to be convicted. You know, we, we know the content of scripture, but a lot of times when we see it, you know, on the page and and we read it, you know, once again, we, we understand that the gospel is a completely different worldview than the, the one we normally operate in. Whatever culture we've come from, we've brought in a lot of, you know, anti-gospel or non-gospel, and a kind of thinking that comes along with us. And this certainly is, you know, at the heart of that, I'll boast in my weakness. That's yeah. not something, you know, that's even a part of our human nature or a part of the culture that, you know, we live in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and what a attention in this text where he says, you know, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away. You know, it, it, but he recognizes that even in the, you know, whatever this thorn in the flesh was, it, it had come through the hand of God. And God, for whatever reason, was allowing that you know thorn to remain. And, and so, rather than you know Paul seeing it as a, as a way to kind of maybe spite the Lord or or grow in frustration with the Lord, he, he says, you know what, I will boast in this weakness because it's in it God is magnified. And it even goes to the end. I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I mean, that, that's just not me. Yeah, I, no. I don't delight in any of those I, things. I, I barely acknowledge them, much less, <laughs> you know, delight in them and rejoice in them. And, of course, that is along with, you know, with what James said, consider it, you know, pure joy when yeah. you face trials of many kind, talking about how our trials build us up in the faith and perseverance and endurance and the things that we need to, you know, need to follow Christ. But it is not something that, uh, you know, and not only does they consider it joy, but pure joy, nothing mm-hmm. but joy, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, that these things happen. And Paul, you know, has the you know, same kind of attitude. And you're right, even though it was, you know, it was something, you know, that Satan intended for evil, it is a tool that God used in Paul's life in grace. Yeah. And, and we continue to see that, you know, from the story of Joseph, you, can, you, you intended it for evil, but God intended it for good in the same way here. This was an attack on Paul to discourage him in ministry, and yet it had uh, the effect of humbling him, mm-hmm. and in humbling him, it drove him to God, yeah. and in being driven to God, he discovered this wonderful little phrase, my grace is sufficient for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're doing, whether it's easy or whether it's hard, 
uh, my grace is, is enough for you. Yeah. And here we are 2,000 years later reading this, being reminded that that same grace is sufficient for us. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, just in God's wisdom, you know, how he continues to shape through, through this, what Satan intended, God continues to bring about good in the life of his church today. Mm-hmm. And it's so uncomfortable to, and, and unnatural for us to not um, depend our, on our own strength and our own um, our own power to do something, but to be dependent on God because of our weaknesses um, when we are as uncomfortable as it is and painful as it can be, we see him work so much more and it pushes us closer to him when we see him at work in our lives. Mm -hmm. And we can only, we can say like only God could do this. I couldn't do it. And, and what a witness that is to the world around us. No, absolutely. Uh, When we're at his weakest, his power is is most evident in us, but he also is able to work through us uh, when we're depending on him, Mm -hmm. you know, rather, rather than our strengths. So for now, we uh, have to say goodbye to the to the Corinthians, yeah, a church that is as dysfunctional as any church could possibly be. And a reminder, I think you said it early on, you know, Matt, that uh, any church you go to is going to be dysfunctional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it is, you know, it, that, it's hard to say it's encouraging to see dysfunctional churches in Scripture, but it does, you know, it does ground us on reality that even our church is not where our eyes should be, but on, yeah. mm. you know, on, on, on the God who gives us grace through, you know, through Christ Jesus. And of course, I love his, you know, Trinitarian, you know, sign off there. Mm-hmm. Verse 14, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Yeah. And what a wonderful way to close the letter. Yeah. So Katie, do you mind closing us yeah. in prayer? Father, thank you for yourself thank you for your presence with us what a gift that is um, that we don't have to live this life alone and that we can always come back to your word Um, would you lead us to do that um, day in and day out and would we find the encouragement that we need for the day our daily bread um, in your word and would we um, be convicted by your spirit of the the sin that we are um that we might even be ignorant of the sin that we are willingly choosing to do. And would we flee from our sin and flee to you, Lord, um, because you offer us such grace. Thank you for this book, this letter that Paul wrote um, 2000 years ago, and that it's still relevant to us today. Um, Would we not only be hearers of the word, but doers of the word, God, um, being empowered by your spirit. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.